0: Thank you, Andy. Very nice. Joy to my soul. Tonight we're going to finish up our fifth in a series of messages uh, called Financial Fitness, uh, looking at how to finish what you start. And uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, As always, we're recording this. It'll be on our website tomorrow morning for those of you who want to hear it again. And hopefully there'll be people out there hearing it that uh, won't be able to make it to our service tomorrow. And I'm excited about that because uh, also on our website you can give. And uh, that's always one of the downsides to uh, canceling service, is that the giving dries up. But if you're going to get financially fit, uh, that is something that does not happen overnight. Uh, You know, getting financially fit is not a 50-yard dash, it's not a 100-yard dash, it is a marathon. And if you've ever run a marathon, I never have, never will. If you've ever run a marathon, (laughs) I've seen them on TV. And then you probably have too. And so you know that a whole lot more people start a marathon than finish it. And at the beginning of it, there can be a massive crowd that starts out in the process. But that crowd begins to thin and um, the people who finish uh, can be relatively few. Because it's just always a lot easier to start something than it is to finish it. And the same thing is true with getting financially fit. It's a lot easier to start the process than it is to stay the course and finish the process. But, uh, you know, God tells us that finishing what you start is a mark of emotional and spiritual maturity. Finishing what you start. That's one of the themes in the Bible, to persevere to the end, to finish the race, to, to, to stay the course, to fight the battle to the end, to just stay in there. And on the other hand, it's a mark of immaturity, both emotional and spiritual, to just leave things unfinished. You know, to start something and then just let it fade. And God says this in 2 Corinthians eight eleven. He says, finish what you begin to do. Then your willingness will be matched by what you accomplish. You know, it's real easy to have great goals at the start. But when you finish what you start, that's where the real payoff is. So how do you finish what you start financially? How do you keep on track uh, with tithing and saving and budgeting? Uh, some of you over the last few weeks ha- have made decisions about your finances. You're gonna, you're gonna spend less, you're gonna save more, you're gonna give more, you're gonna manage your funds. And I, it's been fun getting uh, great stories from people. Um, you know, even here tonight before the service started, just, you know, story after story of people who've made decisions, moved in the right direction, and God has honored it, and significant things have happened. But I can tell you from personal experience that your decision to handle your finances differently than the way the world handles them, uh, to handle your money God's way and not the world's way, that decision is going to be tested. Uh, It's going to be tested by the world, by flesh, by the devil. Uh, You know, it, it, it just is. And so it isn't always rosy. And so you may see some success early on. There may be some early early victories, even some miracles. Just, whoa, God, look what you did here. But over time, it can get hard. And your resolve will be tested. And you may become discouraged in this process and you may want to quit. I mean, it is just so easy for us to snap back into our old spending habits, to snap back into that bondage of debt, and you know, you get a few things paid off. You start feeling some relief from the financial strain. You know, the creditors stop calling. The, the credit card bills come, and and you can actually make the payments rather than just make partial payments or be behind on the payments. Or maybe you even get the credit cards paid off. And then all of a sudden, because that financial stress is gone, uh, now that new car, that bigger house, that vacation, it, it just seems doable seems even reasonable to do it now so rather than save and pay for those things with cash or rather than just settle into contentment with our standard of living and begin to invest and give more we just go right back uh, into debt and some of you know what i'm talking about i mean you know in the past maybe you've taken financial peace university and you made real progress with it you were seeing some fruit Uh, things were changing for you and uh all of a sudden now you're just not, you're not doing it. You've gotten off track somehow. Somehow you've gotten uh, detoured, distracted. And Maybe that's happened to you not just financially, but even spiritually. You know, we've been making the point in this series that, that how you handle your finances is not just about money. How you handle your finances is a reflection of your spiritual condition. It's not just financial, it's also spiritual. And maybe you've gotten off track in some other areas uh, other than finances. So you may be a Christian, you've accepted Christ, you're on fire for God, you, you, you felt His love and, and you felt His presence, you're on a spiritual high road. But somehow, you've gotten distracted, you've gotten detoured, you, you maybe even wound up in the ditch. You lost some of that, that energy, that vitality in your Christian life. How do you get back on track spiritually? not just financially. How do you finish what you started? Well, you need to do four things. Let's uh, let's look at them here. If I'm going to finish what I started, number 1, I must stop making excuses. I must stop making excuses. Proverbs says the lazy person is full of excuses. Ben Franklin said people who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. Have uh, you ever noticed that? Yeah, that can happen, and there are just so many excuses out there. I've got some excuses. These were actually turned into insurance companies. These are excuses why people had accidents. It says, coming home, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree. I don't have. The guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times to hit him. I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother in law, and headed over the embankment. In my attempt to kill a fly, I drove up a telephone pole. I was on my way to the doctor's with rear end trouble when my universal joint gave way, causing me to have an accident. I'm sorry, that was my favorite. Um, you know that happened to me once. Um, I've been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. Uh, the telephone pole was approaching fast. I attempted to swerve out of its path when it struck my front end. The pedestrian had no idea which direction to go, so I ran over him. Uh, You know, those are funny, but to be honest, uh, you know, some excuses that we give for not finishing what we started, uh, some of them can be just as silly and nonsensical as those. Uh, And, you know, when we're good at making excuses, oftentimes we're not good at anything else. So if you want to finish what you started, you've got to get the excuses out of the way. You've got to stop making excuses. Jeremiah 6.14 says you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. Can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. And some of you need to finish. You need to finish the counseling that you started. Uh, You know, you started counseling, you get help for that hurt or that habit, uh, but you stopped before you finished. And you got to a point where you were okay. You got to a point where the stress was gone. You got to a point where it was tolerable and you didn't finish. Some of you need to to finish the, the serious business of restoring your marriage. You know, your marriage was wounded, or maybe even severely wounded, and you stayed together, but it's never been the same since. And so you need to finish the process of healing those hurts and making that marriage strong. Uh, you never get over a hurt by pretending it's not there. You, you stop making excuses, and you finish what you started. And it's difficult to deal with problems, particularly if they're my problems and I've caused them, which is usually the case financially, You know, usually it's my problem and I caused it just by my own mismanagement. But when I face up to the weakness and and when I realize that, you know, solving this is going to be tough, it's going to be difficult, but I stay the course and I remove the excuses, uh, then I can start to see progress. Number two, I stop making excuses. Number two, I start immediately. You know, once you realize that you have gotten off track, once you know you've been distracted or detoured, it's important to, to, to start back on track immediately. You don't do it next month, not next week, not even tomorrow. You do it immediately. You do it now. Romans 12.8, if your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility. If you have the gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You're saying, you do it. You don't put it off You know, you you act, you respond, you get on with life. You don't get saying, oh, one of these days I'm going to get this stuff sorted out. One of these days I'll figure out what I own and what I owe and, and I'll get my finances in line. No, you start immediately. Because waiting does you no favors. Waiting does you no favors. And there are two dangerous traps that will keep you from doing what you need to do immediately. And the first one is perfectionism perfectionism keeps us from finishing what we started because uh, for perfectionism will keep us from getting started not just keep us from finishing and you can't finish what you don't start if you wait for perfect conditions you'll never get anything done and oftentimes we set such high standards for ourselves that we think well I'll never be able to reach that standard and so we just give up before we try and perfectionism will paralyze us it robs us of our potential you know, just because you can't accomplish all your financial goals perfectly, that does not mean that you shouldn't try, and that you shouldn't move toward them. I mean, even if you fall short of your goals, you'll be farther ahead than if you don't do anything at all. Now, not all of us are perfectionists. For some of us, it's not perfection that keeps us from finishing or keeps us even from starting. It's complacency. And complacency is really just the other other side of that coin. Perfectionism on one side, complacency on the other. You know, for some of us, we we don't try because we don't think we can meet the standard and we can do it perfectly. Others of us, we don't try because we're just too content with the status quo. We're too content with the way things are right now. We're willing to settle for less. So perfectionism and complacency can, can cause us not to start and they can both cause us not to finish what we've started. Don't fall into those traps. Second trap is procrastination. And some of you are professional procrastinators. Uh, Proverbs 27.1 says, Never boast about tomorrow because you don't know what will happen between now and then. And so you, you, know, you can't say, well, I'll just wait and I'll do it tomorrow. Because you don't know that you're going to have tomorrow. And, and a lot of us think, well, that, that's good because if there is no tomorrow, then it doesn't matter whether I did it or not anyway. But the problem is, is that very rarely is there no tomorrow. That's the problem. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm 57 years old, and there has always been a tomorrow. And so putting it off or, you know, thinking, well, maybe this is the end of the world, I don't have to worry about this, not a good strategy. So the time to start tithing, start saving, start budgeting, that time is now. It's not later. And the longer you put off moving to financial fitness, the more you limit your potential. Because time is your ally when it comes to saving. And time is your enemy when it comes to debt. You know, the longer you wait to save, the less you will save. The longer you wait to eliminate your debt, the more you will pay. So the longer you wait to do the right thing in your life, the harder it gets. And, and that's true in every area. You know, an area in my life where I struggle is in home repair. Uh, you know, I'm not a handy, handy person. I don't really enjoy doing home repair, and so I'll, I'll admit it. I, uh, sometimes I put that stuff off. But I have learned over the years that when you put that stuff off, it never works to your benefit. You know, have you noticed that? You know, you, you know something you could have fixed with a $2 tube of caulk... You know, plug that little uh, ring around the bathtub or down the shower seam. Two bucks, you could have fixed that. And you don't, and years later, it costs you hundreds. You wind up with moldy sheetrock and a rotted subfloor, and it's a problem. Because putting it off uh, is not to your benefit. Procrastination makes the problem worse. So procrastination and perfectionism will cause you not to finish what you started. And so the key is you just need to do it now. You, you, you need to make that a life motto. When it comes to tithing and saving and budgeting, you know, we fall into the trap of thinking, oh, you know, it's just too hard to do it now. I'll do it later when I'm making more money, or I'll do it later when I've got more time, or I'll do it later when things settle down, after college, after I get a job, after the kids are in school, after the kids are in college, after I get a promotion, after, 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 after. best time to start getting financially fit is right now. The sooner you get started, the better off you will be. Because time can be your ally or time can be your enemy. And the way you make time your ally is to start now. James 4.17, when a person knows the right thing to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. You mean I can sin by not doing something? Yes. God says when you know what the right thing to do is and you don't do it, when you put it off, when you procrastinate, God says that has ramifications for us. It can even be sin. You know, if just not doing a bunch of stuff is all there is to the Christian life, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that, I mean, that means anybody who's dead would be a good Christian because they don't do anything. But you know, God says, no, no, no. When when you know what's right and you don't do it, that's the wrong thing to do. And so you've got to start immediately. And one of the ways you can jumpstart yourself to finish a project, you know, when you get detoured or off track, one of the ways you can get back on track is to make a public commitment. Say, you know what, I am going to do this, and then you share that commitment with somebody else. You make it public. I mean, there is power in that. There is power that is unleashed when you share your decision with somebody else. And there's just something about making a a commitment in community that that unleashes the the grace and the power of God. Uh, And so at the end of this service, we're going to have a time of commitment where you can do that, where you can stop making excuses, where you can say, I'm going to start immediately to do this. And you can share that commitment. Third thing you need to do if you're going to finish is you've got to focus on the gain, not the pain. Worthwhile things are rarely easy. And so we have to look past the pain at the gain. You, know, you have to concentrate on how, you will, how good you will feel as a result of what you are doing, not necessarily while you are doing it. And, and you've noticed that. You know, the, the good things in life rarely feel good while you're doing them. You know, it's the result that that makes the difference. And it's just a biblical principle. Moses lived this out. Jesus lived this out. Moses turned his back on all the wealth of Egypt. I mean, he was in line to be Pharaoh. He was considered Pharaoh's daughter. He was a prince in Egypt. He, He could have had all the wealth and power and just a tremendous life as a leader over Egypt. But he turned his back on that in order to lead a million slaves off into the desert. Why would he do that? Hebrews 11 says Moses was looking forward to the reward. He was looking forward to the reward and he considered the cause of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt. I mean Moses realized that he yeah, he could become a ruler in Egypt and and he could live a cushy life for 30, 40, 50 years. But you know, he could enjoy eternal reward in heaven forever. Which one should he pick? And so he looked past the pain, he saw the gain, and he chose uh, the the long term. Uh, Jesus Christ, you know, we're moving in into Good Friday in the Easter service. You know, the Bible says Jesus was able to endure the cross. He was able to endure the cross because he was looking forward to the joy that was set before him. He could see the results that the cross would bring. He could see the millions, the billions of people who would be saved and brought into God's family because of what he endured on the cross. One of the weaknesses in our culture is we are consumed with short-term thinking. You know, we become a microwave culture. We think everything needs to happen, everything needs to happen right now, and all we care about is the here and now. We don't think long-term. We don't think in terms of delayed gratification anymore. You know, we don't save today so we can enjoy tomorrow. We want to enjoy today, and tomorrow will take care of itself. That doesn't work. Ecclesiastes 7.4 says, A fool only thinks of having a good time now. It's foolish to think that way. So the question is, is, what do you have your eyes on? What is your focus on? Is it on now or then? Is it short-term or long-term? And the Bible is a long-term looking book. It says the Christian life is a long-term looking life. Galatians 6.9, don't get tired of doing what's good. Don't get discouraged and give up. You will reap a harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. And so when you start tithing and when you start saving and when you start budgeting and, you know, when you want to give up on all that, when it just becomes too hard, too difficult, when you want to give up on your marriage, when you want to give up on your kids, when you want to give up on your dream or give up on your relationship with Christ, because it's just too hard, the Bible says don't do that. Don't give up. God says, don't get discouraged, keep on giving, keep on planning, keep on budging, and you will reap a harvest of blessing in the appropriate time. But you've got to stay focused. I love this story. It was a fog-shrouded morning in July when a young woman named Florence Chadwick waded into the waters off Catalina Island. She intended to swim the channel from Catalina to the California coast 26 miles. Long-distance swimming was not new to her. She had been the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. The water was numbing cold that day. The fog was so thick she could hardly see the boat carrying her trainer. Several times, sharks had to be driven away with rifle fire. She swam more than 15 hours before she asked to be taken out of the water. Her trainer tried to encourage her to swim on since they were so close to land. But when Florence looked, all she saw was fog. So she quit, only a half a mile from the coast. Later she said, I'm not excusing myself, but if I could have seen the land, I could have made it. It wasn't the cold, it wasn't the sharks, or the exhaustion that caused Florence Chadwick to fail. It was the fog. Two months later, Florence Chadwick, on a clear day, swam from Catalina to the California shore in record time. She could see the goal. That's the difference. That's huge. You know, many times we fail to finish what we've started because we lose our focus. We get distracted by other things. We lose sight of the goal. We can't see what God has in store for us. We can't see what God has in store for us in the future here and certainly in heaven. And we forget, we forget that that this is not all there is to life, that there is another life waiting for us, that this life is just a training ground and, and we lose sight of the goal and we give up too soon. We forget that how we handle our money is not just financial. How we handle our money is spiritual. Spiritual, eternal fruit comes from how we handle our money. And so the right question, when when you're starting to be discouraged in life, the right question is not, what will make me feel good? The right question is, what does God want me to do? What's the right thing to do in this financial situation? Knowing that God owns it all, knowing that he has given me this money to manage, knowing that he is going to reward me for how I use it. What is the right thing to do? Proverbs 24, 12 says, God is watching you and he will know. He will reward each person for what he's done. You've got to look past the pain and see the gain. Because God is noticing And he's keeping account, and you will be rewarded in heaven for those times when nobody else knows the struggle that you went through. Nobody else knows the decision that you made. But God will know, and he will reward you. Number four, I must depend on God to help if I'm going to finish what I've started. 1 Peter 4.11 says, Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Circle that phrase, God supplies then God will be glorified. God says, I will give you the power to do it. Because when God gives you the power to do it, then God's the one who gets the glory. And quite honestly, folks, that's what all of life is about. That is the whole point of what we were doing here. You know, but part of the reason behind all that we experience in life, part of the reason is to teach us that we cannot live this life in our own strength. We must depend on God. I mean, everything about life teaches us that we can't do it in our own power. But God does not expect us to do it in our own power. In fact, God desires that we not do it in our own power. He desires that we do it in His power because then He gets the glory. You know, God provides for us. He's the source and and security for our supply. God provides us with an instruction manual that tells us how to live and how to do all these things, even financially. And then God gives us the power to do what he says to do in his word. I mean, it's not about me. It's not about the money. It's about God's glory. That's what it's really about. So how do I bring glory to God? By completing the task that he's given me to do. By learning the lesson, by living the life, by doing the things that he calls me to do. Jesus said this. He's talking to God the Father. He says, I have brought you glory on earth. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus Christ completed what he started. He finished the work. Same with the Apostle Paul. Paul says, I only want to complete my mission and finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave me to do. And one of Paul's last words were, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race you know, Are you going to be able to say that? Are you going to be able to say, "Yeah, I finished it. I ran the course. I did it. I did what you put me on Earth to do. I learned how to manage my money here, so that I could manage spiritual things in heaven." So here's the question: What do I need to finish? What have I started? Some of you need to ask me, you know, "What do I need to start?" But you know, what, assuming you started, what do you need to finish? And maybe you've taken Financial Peace University, and maybe as a result uh, of even this series, you've taken some steps in the right direction financially. You know, you, you, you're, you're moving toward tithing, you're moving toward saving, you're moving toward a budget. But maybe you've gotten off track. I mean, it's just so easy to snap back into those old habits. It's, it's easy to make some financial progress and, and then stop. What do you do when that happens? What is it that you need uh, to finish? Key to finish what you start. Stop making excuses. Start immediately to get back on track. And focus on the gain, not the pain. And depend on God's help. That's what you do. So what's unfinished in your life? Or what's unfinished in your relationships, not just in your finances? What's unfinished in your walk with God? What's unfinished in your career or your personal life? What do you need to finish? I want to encourage you just to pray about that this week and say, God, what is it, what is it that I need to finish? And then ask God, what's my next step? What do I need what do I do next? What is my next step? Paul wrote this to the, to the Corinthians, Corinthian church. It says, Having started the ball rolling so enthusiastically, you should carry this project through to completion just as gladly, giving whatever you can out of whatever you have. Let your enthusiasm at the start be equaled by realistic action now. That's the key. You know, we all start out enthusiastic, but we want to continue The course we want the enthusiasm at the start to be equaled with realistic action at the end. God's saying, "Finish what you started." Let's pray together. You know, as we pray today, I just want to invite you that that if you just want to make a commitment, say, "God, I I want to get on track. I want to finish what I've started. I want to continue to make this progress. I, I am going to stay the course." I want to just invite you to stand and it may be that you're here tonight and you're thinking you know pastor you've been talking about money but that's not where god is speaking to me god god has been speaking into my life saying today is the day of salvation today is the day that i need to accept jesus christ today is the day that i need to quit waiting and so i need to come to him maybe you've been a believer in jesus christ you've been a believer for a number of years and 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 you realize that you know you just never been baptized You've never taken that step of publicly professing your faith in Jesus Christ. You have been putting it off. And, and today God is just saying to you, why are you waiting? Finish what you started. Take that step. Maybe you've been coming to Rockwork for years. And you've never become a member. And God is saying to you tonight, you know, you need to finish what you've started. Don't, stop making excuses. Make the decision now. Step forward. Allow God to help you to overcome whatever the obstacle is in order to make that decision and make that commitment. Maybe you need to heal a marriage. Maybe there are things in your life that, you know, you've, you've been able to go so far, but you haven't been able to finish The counseling, or finish the healing, or finish the forgiving. And maybe tonight God's just saying to you, it's time. Stop making excuses. Let's move together. I will help you do this. Maybe it's time for you to get fit in another area of your life physically, relationally, intellectually. God calls you tonight to stop making the excuse to start immediately. Focus on the gain, not the pain. And depend on God to help. I invite you just to stand wherever you are as you make that commitment. God, we thank you for these people who are standing. We thank you for their willingness to step forward, make this commitment, to move against their own feelings, to move against their fears to break free from those bad habits and the the chains that bind us. God, we would just pray that you would stir our hearts to depend on you and that as we commit our lives to you, as we do the things that you call us to do in your word, as we plant the seeds, we thank you that we will reap a harvest and we do all of that for your glory because God, it truly is all about you. We thank you for the promises in your word about this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.